Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Fantastic. Okay, we're carrying on our Lifescape series, which we started this morning. Lifescape is your landscape of your life. It's the landscape that lies before you, but unlike a landscape that you're standing on a a physical mountain where you're looking at a fixed landscape, the lifescape of your life is variable according to the decisions that you make. And so this series carries on from the original series we started with the Adventure Starts Here. We started that um, back in the early summer. Uh, and then we carried on into the summer with the I Dare You series. The uh, Lifescape series that we've started here is a little bit more reflective. Um, the, the other series were setting challenges for you to go out and do. And this one is a little bit more reflective. It's about kind of who we are. So how do we kind of fix ourselves so that we can do stuff? Sometimes we need to look at ourselves and, and we want to get stuff done. It's amazing how often we want to do have an adventure, but we've we haven't really reckoned on the hindrances of our own fears and inadequacies and all of those kind of things. So we're going to, this series is going to kind of try and help us get to grips with those things. And this morning I spoke on which way from here um, it was the, it's really understanding the will of God for your life. Um, and uh, we'll be going through Romans chapter 12, 1 to 8. We're going to be going through those portions of scripture, every message that we do. And um, so I spoke about understanding how we understand the will of God for our lives and how we make decisions um, and how we, how we change our thinking uh, based on our actions rather than on our mindsets, our attitudes, that every, action, every um, great thought is followed through with an action. If you don't follow it with an action, it is a thought that becomes nothing. And so it, we, we just spoke about how the will of God is revealed through that process. So this, uh, tonight I want to speak about pressure points. How many of you know that, uh, I know, how many of you know that pressure points are, uh, are kind of, they're, they're, the, they're the bits in life that we want to avoid, aren't they? Um, everyone wants to avoid a pressure point because we just don't like it. There are, every single one of us have pressure points. We have those kind of, those bits in our lives that, um, there are moments of the things that we just have to go through, things we have to do. I remember um, when I worked with my father, we had a furniture business. We used to make and deliver furniture. And um, I remember uh, we had this one job where we had to deliver um, a van load of furniture to um, a very wealthy man who had purchased a flat overlooking the Thames. Uh, in London, um, with the view, you could see in the distance, you could see the Houses of Parliament, and he had this flat. You can imagine, it was a tiny flat, but it was worth millions, right? Even in the 19, early 90s. And uh, so here he is with this little flat, um, and we had to deliver it to London. Now, the, the thing was that we made furniture, and we said we, we can make it, we, made, we could make anything anyone wanted and we can deliver it to anywhere they needed it delivered to, which is the kind of mindset you have 
a small business has because you're desperate for any sale you can get, right? So you're just like, yeah, we can make that, and yes, we can deliver it. And um, so, but then we had to deliver it. And of course, these are the days before GPS. GPS at that time was um, the the secret sort of life of the military. They had GPS. We didn't know it existed. Uh, and uh, the other version of getting around London was an A to Z London map, which is the famous London Z. But my father wasn't going to buy one of those because he was tight. And uh, so my father didn't want to buy an A to Z London map. And after all, he used to do deliveries in London when he was a young man 40 years previously. He's pretty sure he could remember how to get there. And so, so we're driving through London and, and we're just constantly being sort of corralled, as it were, by buses and one-way streets and no right turns. And this sort of feeling that we want to be over there, but the road system is taking us over there. And there's constant, there's, there's this constant sort of pressure of trying to get there and not really having any idea where we were. And then trying to work out who do we stop and who do we ask. And it, it became this, this absolute nightmare. But the guy who bought the furniture off us, he thought it was perfectly reasonable. It was perfectly reasonable. I come down to the provinces and I find a nice little man who makes nice furniture. It's a, it's a kind of a, it's a thought of a wealthy man. That's, that's what you do. You find someone who's, who's a very skilled cabinet maker and you, you make that and, you, and you, then you ask them to deliver it. And uh, the, the irony is that my brother, uh, a cabinet maker, still ca- making furniture, and he's still making furniture and delivering it to London, but he does that now on a weekly basis. And uh, so this was kind of, for me, it was the first time in London doing deliveries. My father, he hadn't uh, done it for many, many years. And just the pressure of getting into the city centre and doing it. But the guy who bought the furniture, as far as he was concerned, well, he drives up all the time. He drives it. He goes through London all the time. It's not really a problem for him. For him, it was perfectly reasonable. For, for us, uh, and especially for me, in my first experience, it was kind of a nightmare. It was that kind of like, you've got buses coming either way, you've got these lanes, and then you're, you're trying to work out where you're going. It's, it's kind of, it really was a huge pressure point. It says here in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, By the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with Cheerfulness. Now, Paul has written this letter to the Roman church in a totally uncompromising opening statement. I love this opening statement. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. Now, it doesn't leave you a lot of room for choice, really, right there, does it? 
And rather glibly at the end, he says, that, by the way, this is your reasonable, this is a reasonable service, this is a reasonable request. It's perfectly reasonable that you present yourself to God as a living sacrifice. Personally, I kind of feel like this is a stretch beyond reasonable. <laughs> Do you know there are many p- pressure points in our life and the pressure point always comes at a request that somebody considers reasonable, but we don't. That's the point of pressure, all right? And so there is this, there's this point of pressure that we're constantly having to deal with. And I want you to know that God puts a request on your life that when, you know, in your mind, you might think, oh, I can do that. Actually, when it comes to it, you discover how difficult it is and you begin to realize and you think to yourself, this just, this isn't reasonable. But you know what? We face in our life, we face a lot of issues Um, where we have to discover how things which other people consider reasonable, we are capable of doing. You know, there are many junctions in our life. These, These are the junctions between the roots of following a life that you want to lead to following the life that Christ has got for you. I spoke this morning about that we just end up going on a journey and we often get to destination. We don't know how we got there, but we just took one step after another and that's how we got there. It's how we do most of our life, isn't it? You wake up in the morning, you take another step. Five years later, you wake and go, well, how did I get here? Well, one step at a time. (laughs) And that's how you got here. But when it comes to serving God, so discovering the will of God, Really, the only challenge is at the point of changing your mind. Because the moment you change your mind, after that, all you've got to do is just take one more step. And it gets you there. Here's the fact of any um, person who is an expert in the world on any subject. So a musician who... um, uh, who is a world-class musician, uh, uh, any person who, who has a world-class um, gifting or ability in any subject is being scientifically proven, they have to have put in a minimum of 10,000 hours of practice. Wow. 10,000 hours. They've got, nobody has ever done it on that, to that status on less than 10,000 hours. Right? So, well, how did they do it? Well, just one hour at a time. That's how they did it. And so, but here, so we look at these people who are complete geniuses and go, whoa, how did they do that? Well they, did, well, they just did it one hour at a time. You see, there is a request that comes from God and he's saying, he, God is saying to us, I, I want you to present your life as a living sacrifice. I think that is a point of pressure right there. I think all of us read that and we go, yeah. <laughs> About that. (laughs) How do I renegotiate what that means? Let's redefine sacrifice. (laughs) Exactly what do you mean by sacrifice? You know, if I give up my portion of chocolate to Cheryl, I feel that's a sacrifice. And I'm living, so I must have been giving a living sacrifice to the Lord. It's a... I'm sure he was very, very pleased with my generosity. <laughs> you know what? How many of you have noticed that your boss at work can require of you things which he considers perfectly reasonable, and, and you, ju- you just think are just, 
slave labor. <laughs> How many of you have gone through that? Your boss expects you to do that. And so there is an expectation of you to do something. Your boss thinks it's perfectly reasonable. He thinks it's perfectly reasonable because he can do it. And he probably did do it when he wasn't the boss. And somebody had asked him, and he used to do that, and now it's his turn to make you do it. (laughs) And you just go, oh, I just... How many of you discover, if you're at university, your lecturer will require assignments to be made and written, which they think is perfectly reasonable, and you're dying on the inside, saying, I don't even know how I'm going to get the information. How do you expect me to get this written? They, they think it's reasonable. You think it's unbelievable. How many of you, um, of you uh, guys um, have a list of jobs that your wife is asking you to do, which she thinks is perfectly reasonable, but you can't think of a single reason why you would do it? <laughs> See, there are many, many situations in life where, where things other people consider reasonable are putting a request upon our life that we don't feel is reasonable. But even if we don't feel it's reasonable, it is possible. And the pressure point is dealing with the things which we don't feel are reasonable, but they are possible. And is getting to grips with the idea of what we actually are capable of doing. See, we often, I'd never driven around in London, but actually when it came down to it, it wasn't so, so bad after all. By the time we got home, well, we delivered the furniture, we got all in, we got paid, we got back, we didn't die, bus didn't run over us, it did a, we didn't get that lost, we made it back within a 24-hour period. It was more reasonable than we felt during the experience. And here's the thing with our faith life, that God requires of us to, to give more than we think is possible. It says in Proverbs 21 and verse 3, it says, To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Now, this is an interesting verse because I'm speaking about being a living sacrifice. So what is the definition? What is it? that's being required of us. Well, what is the sacrifice? The sacrifice is what you're prepared to do. It's what you're prepared to give. To do justice, to do justice, do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. See, see, God wants us in our sacrifice to him. He wants us to give our lives in the action of faith rather than the, the, um, the spiritual sort of moments of, oh, I came to church and I worship. Well, do you know what? It's really great to come to church and to worship, but I think that's about the easiest thing you can do in your life. Because, I mean, you know, you just turn up, come in, sit down. I mean, that's, that's barely I mean, above the marker, isn't it? But a faith life requires more than just turning up to church. Because turning up to church doesn't, it's just, it's being, I mean, it's, it's a good start, right? Because you're in the right place and, and you're mixing with great people and it has a great benefit upon your life. But, but if we want to get more out of our life with God, then we've got to understand God, God asks something of us. And what he asks of us is the pressure point. But that pressure point 
is if we can define what that pressure point and understand that it's not as bad as we think it is. It's like, it's like trying to persuade someone who's frightened of spiders that spiders aren't going to kill you. Unless you live in Australia. But we don't have that conversation over there. <laughs> I have been... Actually, the only place I've been bitten and bled by a spider is in uh, Bridgeton. So... <laughs> which is quite extraordinary. Because when I lived down south, we had spiders like this that, that would catch wasps and, uh, and eat them. And were, I mean, they're not poisonous or anything, but they were monster spiders. I've never seen anything like, as big as that up here, but... And uh, we would have, I had these workshops where the, and we'd have furniture sitting and sometimes you'd have like chairs sitting for a few weeks and they'd just be sitting in a place and you'd want to put them out in the showroom. So you'd just come along and you put your hand under the chair to lift it up. It's the quickest way to move a chair. And every so often you put your hand under the chair and you go, splat. <laughs> the spider would always sit in the middle of the chair <laughs> underneath. You know, oh. <laughs> But if you're speaking to someone who, who, who's frightened of spiders, then they think it's unreasonable, but it's not actually unreasonable because there's not really a reason to be afraid. You see, what we consider unreasonable is what we are afraid of. We're afraid of by fear of failure. We're afraid of by a lack of knowledge of what's really going on the circumstances around your life, being asked to do something that you don't understand, that you, you haven't got a wider picture. It's like uh, we had the students, we had um, uh, this um, girl, Raquel, um, who um, was staying with us. Um, we dropped her off at the Halls of Residence um, this afternoon. She's, she's up there just meeting her new friends that she's going to be sharing the next year, year with. And uh, so, so I'm driving around the city but of course, I'm saying, well, this is here and this is there. But I know where this and there is in proportion to everything else. Mm. Yeah. But she's got no idea. Yeah. Got, not got a clue. If I left her in the middle and go, oh, you'll be all right. It's easy. Just go up there. That's unreasonable. Yeah. It feels like it's unreasonable. But actually, if I left her to it, she would, she would do it eventually. <laughs> do you understand? It would be a point of pressure but she would survive. And actually, at some point, she has to do it. Every student new in the city, they've just got to do it because they don't know where all the bits add up. But we do, so we know it's possible. But when, so when you don't know, so fear is often based on what we don't know. And so because we don't know something, we consider that we can't do something. But God is asking us to do rather than just to say he's saying come on I want you to give your life if you want the adventure of going out and serving me and of seeing great things happen you've got to do something if you're not prepared to do anything then fear is going to stop you from stepping out and this is a reasonable request you know it says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7, it says, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Ephesians 4, verse 7, But to each one of us. That's a powerful statement right there. Because I have spoken to so many people over the years, and they've come and they've said, Look, it's all right for you. 
But I remember having that same conversation. It's all right for you, but me, I can't do that. I would look at another person's ability, their gifting. See, the moment you measure yourself against another person and decide whether you can do something based on whether they can and you don't measure up to their ability, their gifting, their intellect or whatever it is that you're measuring yourself by, then if you use that as a point of measurement, see, the Bible says to each one of us grace has been given. See, there is a grace which has been given on your life that is sufficient for the task that lays ahead of you. There is a grace that is sufficient to take you through your point of pressure. There is a grace that would take you through. Some of your pressure points are in areas that you just don't know how you're going to deal with. There's a reason why you don't know how you're going to deal with it. I've already explained that. Because you don't know enough of what it is you're going through to know how you're going to deal with it. And you don't know because you've never been there before. It's like the students in the city, they've never been here before, so how would they know? We often face situations where we've never been there before. But God has asked us to go there. He's he's asked us to say, and actually, God is going, yeah, it's perfectly reasonable, I, I just want you to do that. But I don't know whether I can do that. I don't know whether I can deal with this situation. I don't know whether I can deal with what, what I'm facing. And God doesn't seem to be, he doesn't seem to rescue those from those situations. You notice that? Whenever you're in a point in your life when there's great pressure and you ask Jesus to rescue you, he doesn't. Are you with me here? He doesn't, does he? Oh, trust me. He, I mean, Jesus comes into your life and he saves you from what you cannot deal with. But for the most part, he doesn't save you from things which you think you cannot deal with, but actually you will deal with it. It's pressure point. And the reason is this. As far as God is concerned, if he has given you the grace, then it's perfectly reasonable to ask you to do the job. It's perfectly reasonable to ask you to go through the process. Why? Well, because grace has been given. And grace is far more powerful than we give it credit for. See, we, we think that grace is a, is a nice, gooey, oh, a wonderful grace on my life. There's a, I've been going through and, and uh, there's this lovely grace. Grace is a weapon by which we fight the fight. Grace is the weapon that restores faith when faith seems to break down in our heart. When doubt arises, and I want you to understand this, many Christians struggle with their own doubt. If you don't doubt, you're not breathing. All right? If you don't doubt, you're not breathing. It's not about doubting. It's about whether your heart is prepared to believe anyway. See, when you believe anyway, your faith will take you through. See, when, when God spoke to Joshua, as Joshua has just taken on the task of leading the children of Israel, and he's got to lead them into the promised land. As far as God was concerned, it's perfectly reasonable. So he goes to Joshua and he says, um, I want you to be strong. 
and of great courage. Oh. The moment you hear that, you know you're in trouble, right? <laughs> Otherwise, well, I mean, if God's saying I need you to be strong with good courage, that means, wow. <laughs> Doesn't it? It, it paints a picture immediately of how difficult it's going to be. So that then the question goes, how strong is strong? <laughs> and, and uh, well, I mean, I've got courage, I think, but I, how much courage do I need? I mean, but see, God is telling us these are the things we need. To, and we, we just don't know whether we can do it or not because we haven't done it before. But here's the thing. Each one of us, grace has been given. See, grace takes you through your pressure point. Grace enables you to do what? To feel a nice feeling? Sometimes, but most of the time, no. You feel the pressure right the way through. You feel the heat of the fire right the way through. See, grace isn't there to, to make it all fluffy. Grace is there to make you win. Grace is there to make you you win. When Usain Bolt is running down, looking sideways with a big grin on his face, inside he's burning with a fire of every muscle, absolutely aching because he's running at world record speeds. It hurts, but he just knows how to put a smile on his face. And how does he do that? Well, because he, he's learned how to just win the fight. There is a grace on his life to do that. Well, there is a grace on your life to do what you're living through. Nothing shall be given to you that you cannot cope with. And you may go, but I, I, don't, I don't want to cope with it. Yeah, that was never part of the conversation. It was never part of the deal. Oh, I don't want to. There's lots of things I don't want to do. In fact, I've got a very long list of them. I bring them back to God. And it's like, it's like suddenly I'm talking to myself again. Because he's not interested in that conversation. Because he's already said, what? Well, I think it's perfectly reasonable. <laughs> I just asked you to do this. I, I, don't, I, don't know why, I don't know why you've got a problem. This is what I want you to do. But I don't know whether I want to do it. Yeah, we're not having this conversation. <laughs> it's perfectly reasonable. I just gave you grace. What else do you think you need? <laughs> million pounds? <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's the kind of grace that I can... It's uh, <laughs> the kind of grace I can identify with. <laughs> yeah, well, if the grace needs a million, you get the million. If it doesn't, you won't. <laughs> how can I prove that I need the million? <laughs> it kind of used to be, we spend a lot of our time trying to na- ne- renegotiate how we go through the pressure, but the pressure is always the pressure. There's always a pressure point on your life that you have to go through. For each one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, here, this is extraordinary. According to the measure of Christ's gift, not your faith. 
It's according to his, according to the measure. He has measured out grace according to the measure of his, of his gift. According to that which he has achieved for you, measure of grace has been poured out. There is way more sufficiency in the grace to get you through the fire and get you through the pressure point. There is, see, see, everything that God does, he does in abundance. Everything he supplies, he supplies more than enough of. And we always, in our minds, we're thinking, I just, you see, we feel like we can only just get through, but really... We're not just getting through. We're, we're being led through. And we're just feeling the pressure. But his hand is leading us through it. You see, we can give our life in sacrifice. How do we give our life in sacrifice? It's by keep doing the life that he's called us to do. It's to when Jesus is speaking to the disciples before he's taken to the cross. He, he gives a definition of those who are saved and those who are not saved. And we in the church today say to be saved, you must pray the prayer. Jesus doesn't define it that way. He defines those who are his by what they did. And what they did was a result of what they confessed. They confessed they loved him. Because they confessed they loved him, they visited those who were in prison. They fed those who were hungry. They went through the fire of doing their life, Christian faith. And Jesus said, these are mine. You can tell they're mine by what they did. Why did they do it? Well, they just kept doing it because that's what needed to be done. It was what was in front of them the next day day. It's what was required of them at that moment. So God places before you what is required of you on a daily basis. And as we step up to what he's asking of us, it's God, I'm going to go through it today. I don't know how I'm going to go through it, but your grace is sufficient to take me through. I don't know how I'm going to do this And I I certainly don't think I'm going to enjoy it. Well, not everything we do is fun, exciting, and enjoyable. But everything we do is fruitful and brings everlasting reward into our lives. And that is the point of pressure. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.com junctionchurch.com. God bless.